0: Hey, everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Bent with The Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close to personal some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I say on every episode, we've got a great one for you. Who do we have?
1: We have Kenny Foster with us today. He is a singer-songwriter and we're going to talk about his latest release, Somewhere in Middle America. The title track off his upcoming album, Due Out Early Summer of 22, explores Kenny's childhood growing up in Joplin, Missouri, and the lessons learned by a simple upbringing.
0: And we're excited to have him on the show. So yes. welcome to the show. Hey
2: awesome. yo, Thank you so much for having me. It's awesome.
0: It's our pleasure. You know, yes. we always like to start the show out the same way because as you mm-hmm. know, a lot of people, it's been rough last 20 months oh, or so. definitely has. Um, so how, and, and I like to get different people's mm-hmm. of perspective because that way people yes. can learn. But how has COVID affected you and what have you done to maneuver through this time?
2: That's a great question, man. Um, thanks again for having me, y'all. Uh, 20... Well, 2019 was my biggest year ever. Uh, oh, wow. Touring artist, I uh, I had a record out um, for a couple of years that we were touring off of. We did 125,000 miles in 13 wow. different countries. We were out for nine months at a time, and so uh, 2020 was not that. Um, it was <laughs> it was a it was a huge halt uh, for me, which is really difficult at first. It felt good. Uh-huh. Yeah uh, that we finally got some rest. I was gonna be a little out of cycle, it helped me get some space, right? Uh, but at the same time, um, and it was collective. Remember at the beginning when we were all just like, okay, we don't know what this is, but so let's all do this. <laughs> so yes. mm-hmm. you know, we're taking pictures of the bread we baked and like all this kind <laughs> <Yes>. of
0: and <laughs> pictures of toilet paper.
3: Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's yes, everything. trying to find
2: it. <laughs> nice to <remember>. Um <laughs> But yeah, but then eventually, like it started peeling off, and different areas had different regulations, and then you had people like going to Greece, and you're like sitting in your PJs, wondering if you're missing out on something. Um, (laughs) It was it was this strange, like I have FOMO anyway. I don't know if you guys have this fear of missing Mm -hmm. out, and um, which is terrible uh, as an artist, especially. But yeah, um, it was nice to have a period of my life that I did not have any of that. Like there was. There was only so much any of us could be doing. And so I got That's to put true. all that time and energy into uh, creation and reconnection with old friends. Yeah. So it was very yeah. sweet at the beginning. And then once we realized we weren't sure how we were going to come out of it, it became way less fun. I think I imagine <laughs> a lot of people felt this way. Um, mm-hmm. My wife and I, we, we live small and we save well, so we were fine. You know, mm-hmm. like everything yeah. was good. Yeah. Was no real stress, but it we were ready for whatever normalcy was. And so it yeah, was crazy. I understand that. It was so <laughs> crazy to go from, you know, pedal to the metal, you know, only sleeping in your own bed for like 90 nights to like nothing at all, being home all the time. You know, we got to zhuzh up the, the our place a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got way better at cooking. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I, I'm ready for – a non-compromised version of normal. I yeah. am ready for that. Yeah. One where everyone <laughs> can be free to hug and hold and be around and indoors, outdoors, whatever our hearts desire. I'm really looking forward to that. The bad yeah. part is
0: you know, again, I think some people got so used to this that they don't want to go back to normal. <laughs> and and it's like I've seen people on Facebook talk about I'm not, I'm never going back. Yeah. That. And and you know, but like for us, you know, we launched this show January of 2020. Oh, right. On. A couple months before COVID. Mm-hmm. And I remember our original plan was maybe hundred interviews first year. We thought if we could do that, be a great foundation. And then COVID happens. And as I'm watching everything get shut down, I told Sandy, I was like, you know, um, as a brand new show, it's hard to get guests on because you're you're still new. Yeah. I was like, but now maybe the time we can get almost anybody. Well, and sure. So we just reached out to everybody and we did good. over three 300 interviews that year and we're over 500 now because yeah. of it.
2: Amazing. Yeah, no, everybody's access. And I think I I appreciate the way that the barriers kind of got dropped during this time. Um, mm. Everyone knew what everyone else was up to. Uh, <laughs> and so while that could feel hampering in some ways, I think it was really good because you end up getting to know. The normal parts of us, you know, I think the entertainment Mm -hmm. industry is funny because we we hold aloft these folks to like some higher (laughs) standard or some caliber. And then but I almost the people that I want to aspire to, I also want to like them as people. And I think that's something that maybe during this time people are starting to they want the whole package, if that makes sense not just Mm -hmm, fantastical and and has a huge team behind them, but maybe somebody who's also relatable, who has something else to say besides what it is that they do.
0: And social media has helped with that, even though people, of course, we know, fake a lot of stuff on social media. But if you're on social media a lot, people will eventually see through if you're faking it. So so I think social media has helped Mm -hmm. people see, you know what, you are just like me. And I think that's a huge thing
2: all any of us are i mean that's you know and if we wanted to segue it i grew up in middle america where we you know held held aloft. you know we you know the coasts were this magical place with all these fantastic <laughs> people and, yes. and the way that we loved our music and our films and, and you know the posters we have on our walls and, and all of that you know that sweet time um no one ever really considered that we could be one of the people on the posters or be one <laughs> of the people on, mm-hmm. on the camera. And I don't know what it was, if there was just a strange mental or cultural barrier that like kept us from thinking that way. But yeah, uh, yeah. at some point I, I thought, no, I, I at least want to try. I mean, somebody has got to be doing this, exactly. you know, <laughs> Like, it's gotta be somebody, you know, kind of why not me?
0: So, you know, a lot of people would ask, when did you know you wanted to do music? I always like to go deeper than that. When did it click for you that this could be a career?
2: I, I'll be honest. I was at, I had a band in Mm. college. Uh, I didn't start, I didn't start thinking I could create music. Well, besides annoying my choir teachers, (laughs) Uh, you know, they would, you know, We'd be thumbing through and I'd be like, you know, it'd be a lot cooler if the baritones did this and the bass. <laughs> and like, you can't do that, Kenny. And I was like, why not? And so mm. there was something about that. I took some piano lessons, but really just to learn um Brian Adams everything I do, I do it for you to sing it oh. summer camp for girls. That was really yeah. the main motivator there. <laughs> um and then uh I was in college, and I went to a concert of somebody that I held aloft. That was just really uh, a fantastic rider. It seemed like they were peering into my life and saying my words to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this,
1: this
2: guy named Dashboard Confessional. His name's Chris Caraba, but he goes by the name Dashboard Confessional. And he had a band with him, and I I drove up from my college town uh, to Lawrence, Kansas at the bottleneck and I watched him play and everyone in the crowd was singing his lines back to him. And there was this sort of seminal moment for me, which was, Mm -hmm. look, this is my story. So how is it every single one of these kids stories too? And how did he do that, you know, to and for us? And like, that sort of began my like search to like, I need to be good enough that I affect people the way that this guy affected me. Um, and it went through... A lot.
0: And, and, you know, and I love that. And, you know, as you know, a lot of people, they see the glory behind what you do, the glory behind a Blake Shelton, of a Miranda, of a Carrie. They don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles it takes mm-hmm. to get to not just their level, but even a career level within music. And I always want to talk about that side of it because people think the glamorous side is where it's at. But we both know that sure. the glamorous side is such a small part sure. to music sure. Well, and reading your story, I know, you know, oh, yes. We so let's talk a little bit about this. Tell us about some sure. of the sacrifices and struggles you've had to go through to keep this thing dream
2: alive. Well, it's funny because the music really got or The money really got sucked out of music, um, right around the time that I decided to get into it because my timing is <laughs> <impactful>. oh, <wow. laughs> um, and it's just it took a lot, you know, I, I mean, I left my hometown, which I loved, um, you know, mm. I was 13 generations in Southwest Missouri, you know, we'd been there oh, since wow. the Civil War, um, mm. and n- nobody had really left, and I had a great support system, and I had people that knew my family, and and uh, even when I went to school just an hour away, like, it, reputation kind of follows you, and, and you build this thing, and it feels so real to you. Until you leave it and realize that it was only real in that moment in time in that particular region. And uh, this sense of just, you know, global awareness, um, national Mm -hmm. awareness for what, who you are and what it is that you do is a struggle, you know, a generational struggle for us, you know, up to a point. And that was, those were the shoulders that I was standing on that didn't even realize, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I moved to Nashville and I gave up you know, a full ride at at a college that I was at because it was... was, um, You were all in. Yeah. There was no reason not to be, especially the way that my life had sort of played and or panned out up to that point. I had no reason to think it would be any different when I moved. Um, Oops. Uh, (laughs) it 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 was so much more difficult and more difficult than I'd ever... The biggest thing I would say is when you leave a place that is for you, Mm -hmm. to go to a place that doesn't know or care about you the the thing that you lose the most is that sense of belonging while you are while you are trying Um, not realizing Mm -hmm. that all of those you know guidance counselors or teachers or whatever that are leading you you know along the way um, those all go away and in fact if you meet someone that could fill that role for you they may be trying to do the same thing I didn't realize that I was now in competition with my heroes. (laughs) (laughs) That was something I never considered in my life. I was like, no, you, you know, you thank them very much. So when you climb this ladder, not realizing no, like every, every slot is finite, you know, every opportunity is finite. And so one that you are taking is one that somebody that inspired you to do this. Isn't having, and you realize, (laughs) oh my God, like I had no sense of this whatsoever.
0: Um, and, and you know, I get that. Um, like, like with our show, you know, back when we launched our show, um, most people that were doing podcasts and shows like this were your average people or trying mm-hmm. to do something with their life. Well, now all of a sudden, it's become every art, every big artist, every oh, big yes. celebrity is doing yes. their yes, own so shows, and it's like we're having to compete against that against against, we look that up we look to, up yeah. to you know, like you, yeah, said. like you Man. talked about. Mm-hmm.
2: And it's and it's funny because you have to inhabit this space in your heart and mind that um continues to pay homage to the people that inspired you to do this but Mm -hmm. also is strong enough proud enough assured enough to know that you belong that you have Mm -hmm. a voice that is Mm -hmm. different that is specific to you that fills a niche um Mm -hmm. that fills a need that wasn't being met before yeah yeah um and that's that's one of the biggest growth things for me, you know, that because again, Midwest humble and kind Mm -hmm. that's, you know, I'm sure you guys relate it. it, Mm -hmm. You, especially in country music and the kind of music that I do, like it's so emotional and it's so earnest and it's not just trying to be those things. It is those things. And so it's really difficult to become like a self-promoting asshole in the midst of trying to be somebody who's like really, <laughs> like really trying to get to the bottom of this humanity thing this yeah relationship, mm-hmm. this life thing that we're trying to do you know i um that's been a really hard balance sorry. I, exactly it's a tightrope you know because you can't it's almost and almost in this particular in this soundbite world that we live in um it, it's it's almost the more bombastic the story, the better, mm-hmm. but like, mm-hmm. I don't want to find an earnest artist that speaks to me through some bombastic means. Like, I don't want to be mm-hmm. like, you know, dude falls off a building and lives to tell the tale also <laughs> turns out to be a great songwriter. You know what I mean? Like that's <laughs> yeah.
3: well, what, what's funny
0: about that is that probably just probably helped us with a little bit with the show is, you know, my wife and I, we met online, and back in 2 February we of 2 two, mm-hmm. two days later, February fourth. We so I mean we um talked on the phone for the first time. Then February um eighteenth, so 16 days after we met in person, we yeah. set a wedding date. We did. Wow. Wow. And then March 4th, we met in person. So we were meeting in person to see who we were gonna marry. So yeah, so we've uh, got that we kind of got that story that kind of helps us out because you know, not
2: too many people
0: <laughs> can have our story and not do too many true. people get interviewed by a married couple.
2: Oh, I know. I love it. I, I I love what y'all are doing. It's really cool. Thanks. For and me. you know,
0: speaking of married couples, that's a perfect lead-in for this. Your wife. Yeah, I know you say that your wife has helped you keep going because I know that she does that with me. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. How How has she been that force behind you to where you know what? Where you were at the point where you you know you're almost ready to give up, but she's like, no, you you got to keep going.
2: Yeah, um, it's a sweet story. Ours is. Uh... <laughs> Ours is a love story forged from two small town kids that had the same realizations around the same time. Um, She was working in the industry, actually managing a venue at the time that we met. Mm -hmm. And and I was a guy that needed venues to book them, but I was was so forlorn and so heartbroken when we met that I I didn't, it was the first time in my life that I wasn't performing for somebody. And she saw through any performance that i might have put on which was mostly stripped down and saw the heart of me and loved that thing and oh, wow. and i had never experienced that before outside of my family of course um and almost to the point that you almost didn't trust it you wow. know oh, that, like, yeah. this this is too kind like what's the angle here uh, <laughs> It was just it was pure and um and she was also in the industry and we knew each other. And so we went from these young kids that were wide eyed and bushy tailed to like, you know, grizzled veterans really fast, um, hopping mm-hmm. a lot of jobs. You know, I was interning at Sony Records when we met. So oh, I right. like mm-hmm. how the sausage was made, um, yeah. which at first just destroyed me because I realized, oh, it has nothing to do with all of these things that I, <laughs> I, I <laughs> you know. zero. You know, when the strength of your publicist is, is more important than the strength of your songwriting, it just like that kind of oh, wow. me a yeah. little bit. Um, but then I had a wife that was like, but we know how it works now. We get this. And mm-hmm. so, like, we need to find good, earnest people that understand what we're after, that aren't, you know, in it for a quick buck. Like, how do we make a way in this town? And it's it, not just this town, but the world at large. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know how many artists on here talk about this aspect of it, but like it, it can be day to day, man. It can be week to week. Like, am I just <laughs> am I just making this up? Because we all are, you know, like yeah. as the adults are you go.
3: Yeah. <laughs> what, yeah. yeah.
2: Somebody said adulthood is uh, jumping off of a cliff and building an airplane on the way down. I was about to, I was about to make that comment
0: that that I was about to Mm -hmm. say, it's like jumping off a a cliff and, and and spreading your wings as you go down, hoping it works.
2: Yeah. And, and, you know, and trying to assemble the pieces of things that are also falling around you. And it (laughs) just, you know, it's this weird, like nobody really prepares you for that. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's the adventure of it. And it's also the difficulty of it. But the, the amount of growth that happens through that process is really important. And I needed my wife, you know, every step and continue to, you know, yeah,
0: exactly, same here.
2: Yeah, it's and it's the best thing that we've got. And it almost makes the thing that we strive for seem lesser in light, you know, through the lens of the fact that we got to find our person. Like, what a wonderful, mm-hmm. you know, testament that maybe life's OK, <laughs> maybe life's pretty good. Uh, regardless of what we're going after. Um, And uh, we've we've got a child on the way, and I know that that's only going to change and get different. Oh,
1: congratulations on that. Because we've
0: got a 10-year-old, but you'll hear from him later because we let him come on and ask a few questions. Oh, I love that. And we've got a almost again. We're the family show, so yeah. that's our niche. I think, it's um, good, <laughs> and, and we also got a almost three year old. In fact, she'll be three Sunday, but yes, when later in life, when mm-hmm. she gets a little older, she'll be plugged in the show too because yeah, we yeah. are that family show. Yes.
2: <laughs> I love that, y'all. That's
0: really really cool. <clears throat> you know, speaking of struggles, um, and, and you know, everything's about memories, about bringing back the past and all that. You know, back in 2020, before COVID happened. And the tornadoes hit um, Nashville. Mm-hmm. I imagine that you had some memories that come back
2: there. Sure, hundred um, percent. It's strange because uh, the tornadoes. Like,
0: oh God, not again!
2: Well, I mean, and it happens every tornado season. You know, right. um, you it's not it's not if, but when, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's how bad. You know, is the question. Right. That yes. I mean it, it. It's a far cry from growing up in the Midwest tornado alley and watching them from your porch, you know, just making sure, Oh no, that's over on Seventh street. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, that kind of discussion to actually being hit with something as hard as my hometown was, uh, Joplin. So, um, it changed the face of that city and, you know, mm -hmm. the face of my family, we were, we were very lucky. Um, we were very lucky in our, in our neighborhood and in Mm -hmm. our home, I mean, my parents rode out that F5 tornado wow. um, oh, wow. in their uh, crawl space of our home. like my mm-hmm. home um, yeah. And that was uh, something that I knew about, but wasn't there for. I was still in Nashville uh, living right. on just some random Sunday afternoon.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And, uh, you know, that changed the course of my hometown and, and the course of my family. And uh and then similarly, in 2020, when the tornadoes came through Nashville, uh, I was I was in Europe. I was on tour. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Again, mm-hmm. like something's happening back home that I have almost no control over. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then <coughs> went straight into COVID lockdown after that. So <laughs> even right, right even your want and desire to go help and pick up. Well, you can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just, it felt really weird. And I- I mean, Nashville
0: was hit hard in 2020 because then you had the Christmas bombing. Oh, yes, yes at
2: the end of the year. I mean, it
0: was like mm-hmm. at the end of the year, we were like, we, I mean, we're planning on eventually moving to Nashville either end of this year or next spring. But, uh, we but back in 2020, we were watching it and we're like, down. Nashville just cannot get a break.
2: And it felt that way. I mean, I think the weight of the city was kind of on all of us. You know, we are finally in national news, but not for the reasons you want to be. Um, right. Right. You know,
0: but you like, want, but you got the The one thing that I did notice between all that from the tornadoes to COVID to the Christmas day bombing is you got to see the Nashville spirit. Sure. There's something different yeah, the about Nashville. I mean, I know that every city there. has their own spirit, mm-hmm. but in my opinion, nothing's like that Nashville
3: spirit.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm of course, very biased. Uh, uh, <laughs> I thought the city of Joplin did a pretty darn good job oh, uh, yeah. coming back. And it was Dealing really that. neat mm-hmm. to be in and around that while it was happening. Yep. Yeah, The family and the community and seeing the greater communities come in for volunteerism, um, which mm-hmm. was really cool. Tennessee is the volunteer state. So of course they're going to have <laughs> <it> within them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, no, it's, it's a spirit that has this sort of like resilience in the face of, mm-hmm. um, and I, and I think it's not this defiant, like, standing on the mountaintop throwing spears at the clouds or anything Uh it's Mm -hmm. sort of like yep this happened again you know this this sort of like and then so okay yeah Yeah. so this now what (laughs) almost more of a focus on the now what than the what happened uh Mm -hmm. we're all gonna write our songs about it uh because that's what (laughs) we do but (laughs) speaking
0: of writing songs you can tell us a little bit about your hometown songs and stuff
2: Yes. Oh, sure. Well, it's funny because I would say that like my career in country music, so to speak, kind of started there inadvertently <laughs> um, through mm-hmm. the song that I wrote. Um, I really just I wrote the song for my family, knowing that we needed yeah. something. And um, and then we went I went down two two or three days after the tornado and we we'd kind of put a blast out on social media and got a few publications to pick up. And so we took down like truckloads of supplies um, Mm -hmm. for folks at home, you know, anywhere from like toothbrushes to extra clothes to backpacks and luggage and that sort of thing. Um, Softly used and brand new. And we went down there and at a sort of like get together of some mutual friends whose house wasn't affected so they could house it. You know, they made some pork chops and we sat around and tried to figure out what just happened. And i Pulled out my guitar, I had it with me, and I played this song, and and they loved it and wanted to share it, and it was like it was deeply meaningful to everybody there, and and like again, I think coming from just like you know, not not like a prodigal son, but you know, just somebody who knew about it and had been from there, and it meant so much too. I think it resonated in a way that I wasn't ready for, and so we came back home and recorded that, and then um we had a dear friend michelle steffes who's a director now in la that ended up coming to joplin in the next couple months and we shot a music video for this song just because how do we amplify this message and, and help, help the healing process you yeah know, such yes. a powerful i thought it was just for us but it turns out it was for everybody you know similar to a dashboard professional situation you know or, or like. uh you know, a, a river or an unanswered prayer. I mean, that's
0: what's great about music is is because it means something to you. Doesn't mean it's gonna doesn't mean it's gonna mean the same thing to everybody else, and everybody else can find their own meaning. And that's yes, a pow- that's, that's what a powerful, so powerful song powerful. is.
2: Sure, and I think and I think a really strong song pulls people to the same emotional state, even yeah. if yeah. even if the specifics of the emotion are different for them. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. and that's a craft and and that's something that country music does better than any yep. other genre it just um there are feelings in production in pop you know you can get an emotional i mean this is a funny reference but like every time i listen to cold play i know it's cold play and i go to the <laughs> same sort of like mental place yeah. um and i but country music has the power to do that where you lean in and you wonder what's about to be said. Cause you know, something's about to be said. Mm-hmm. And there's the promise of that, that, um, that I hold on to at least through a verse chorus. And you've either got me at the end of that chorus because I see what you just did or I'm <laughs> out, you know, like so what, what is it that you've said? What, what are we trying to do here? And is it edifying or is it tearing down or like what, you know, is it
0: so in country music they go both ways? Oh yeah. <laughs> like yeah, like, 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 both, like I, sure. I remember and, and, and they make you think sometimes they make you think they're going like I remember when Gabby Barrett's I Hope song first come out. Mm-hmm. We were listening to it and I'm like, my God, this is different. This is actually uplifting your ex. And yes. then all of a sudden the chorus came, yeah. came, and I'm like, okay, there's
2: the <laughs> There's the swing, right? Yeah. Well, I and mean, you you praise the the turn like that. I mean, that's great craft, you know. Um, but and, and I guess for me, I don't know if it's just about getting older or just being inundated with music all the time. Um, if I'm letting something into my eardrums and into my brain, like I want it to, ju- I want it to be good, yeah. and I want yes. it to not just be good, I but like to move you. Yeah, fill a need. Yeah. I just like. I, I like to listen with intent. I'm kind of an intense you know mm-hmm. person when it comes to these things, especially music, the creation and the listening and and the participation in it. you know, music is yeah. a yeah. music is a group activity. Um, mm-hmm. music yeah. is, and that's what's been so hard about this last twenty months, as you said, you know, i if I don't get to see the faces of the people that I'm affecting, like if you told me. You know, 20 years ago, hey, man, someday you're going to grow up and you're going to sing into your phone for a living. I would have picked anything else. You know what I mean? Anything. (laughs) Yes. So I'm dying (coughs) to get back. I'm dying to get back to see what songs do in real time. Uh, You
0: can't measure it online. I know that they try, but you really can. You you can only measure it when that crowd is oh, there and yes, you you're seeing the faces yeah. and then you see the faces on how they react to certain parts of songs.
2: And and you feel the room the air in the room change yeah. when a lyric hits and, and mm-hmm. audible gasps in a quiet room, or like you know, for me, um, even seeing somebody like a confused look on their face. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do something wrong. Like they're faking, like thinking, okay, like, I'm trying
0: like, to process this.
2: It pumps it pumps me full of adrenaline that can only be figured out in real time. And it's this yeah. it's this rush that like to bring back another analogy, a tightrope, like I'm on it and we're either gonna like make it to the edge of this platform or we're going to fall into the net and like mm-hmm. it's anybody's guess, including the people that are going to determine whether or not this went well, you know, <laughs> all yes. just like, blah,
3: blah, blah,
1: blah.
2: and I, I long for that. You know, I can't wait to get to, to be in a space where, We're in a festival format or a club format and everyone just gets to be themselves again.
0: I love that. Now, as you know, a lot of people, they, they see you, but they don't see the team behind you. In our opinion, teams never get the love they they deserve. On our show, they get some love. Mm -hmm. So if you want to take a few moments and tell us about the team that helps you be who you are.
2: That's great, man. Uh, Good. Thanks for stripping all this stuff away. It's really neat. It's refreshing. Um, First and foremost, my wife, um, she, I call her the, I call her my wife, um, oh, you yeah. know, so we, um, uh, there are a ton of management teams in the world and, um, and when they come alongside us and have something to offer, it'll be really awesome. And I can't wait for a partnership and also to give her a break for a little while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's So damn capable and uh, until something better comes along, we're just going to keep doing what we do. Um, I mean, if U2 has gone their entire career unmanaged, I think maybe we can do it okay. You know? Yeah. Um, uh, so it's it's my wife, obviously. Um, I have a producer that I've worked on my last two records with, Mitch Dane. Um, he produced some records I really loved growing up. Uh, Jars of Clay, if you remember this band. I oh, uh,
3: yeah, the Christian. I, I grew up
2: listening to them, and now to like be friends with those guys, and having him playing on my records and having him produce the record is really special for me. And he's a little left of center in the regular Nashville studio grind. Yeah. I'm a little left of center. And so I feel like it So it works. It works. Absolutely. hundred percent. I have a ton of co-writers that inspire me in new ways every day, whether it's for my music or someone else's music and without them. And they're, they're numerous. Um, I couldn't do it without co-writers. Um, we uh, we finally got around to. Uh, I have a photographer and a videographer that uh, I took with me when we were making this. Before we made this new record, I mm-hmm. took back mm-hmm. home with me. Uh, mm-hmm. One of them is a Missouri boy, uh, <laughs> oh, one's yeah. a Tennessee boy, one's an Arkansas boy. And so we we went together and I showed them the road that I take back and forth between home and now. You're just why.
0: pulling all the SEC around
2: you. Yeah, basically. Well, we. <laughs> We joined up late, if we're married. <laughs> I know full well. Uh, but showing them that space, and these are the type of people that I've gotten to put around me. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're artists themselves. You know, videographer, videography is an art. Uh, photography, especially the way that Rory does it, is an, is an art. To um, so Rory White and Kenny Jackson. And I just trusted them implicitly. Uh, yeah. come together mm-hmm. and, and and put this record together as we went um i have i have a publicity team now uh which is really special um I, i've got one in the uk um, oh wow oh and, yeah uh, which is where i started doing my touring uh lime tree music and they were fantastic they really kind of plucked me out of obscurity here mm-hmm. in the states mm-hmm. and gave me a platform that i'm really grateful to them for um and now, uh, uh, true public relations here in yeah, this. We state. love them. Oh yeah! So oh my gosh, man! Yeah, uh, Taylor's fantastic. Marcel, uh, and this is the first time we've worked with the domestic um, uh, publicity group. Uh, we've never done anything like that, and oh, wow. uh, so I'm interested to see what happens this next year to to let people back home know what I've been up to in in Europe and beyond. And, uh, and I'm trying to think if there's anybody. Oh, and then today uh, I got to announce, uh, you guys might not even know it yet because it just happened. Um, so I just signed like a global representation deal with UTA. Uh, oh, wow. So the, that agency awesome. has been fantastic. I've been working in pieces with them, both in Nashville mm-hmm. office and the London office for the past uh, two years, I'd say.
3: Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm.
2: got to make it official uh today so wow uh, oh wow so i'm really looking Congrats. forward to the, thank you so much that yeah. the opportunities to <laughs> um to open for some of my heroes are on the horizon and, and opportunities to play some of those festivals that um that have eluded me up to this point you know maybe we, <laughs> maybe we have enough to push it over the edge you know to convince them that yeah no no, no he he's worthwhile so, um, uh, I wish we didn't need arbiters, but I'm so glad to have such good work.
0: Yeah. We, co- we totally understand about, about trying to be big, big enough where you can put, be pushed over. Cause you know, again, you know, we, we go after everybody when it comes to our show and then, it, and you know, we go bigger and bigger and bigger and we get a lot of no's, but every now and then people look at our list of guests we've had on and be like, Oh yeah, we'll do it. And we're like, there's another one.
2: Yes. <laughs> another one. You know, I, uh, the analogy we always use is, you're just putting feathers in your cat, and eventually, <laughs> eventually, you're going to be a peacock and you can strut that
3: stuff. So, <laughs> oh, so.
0: Love that. And you know, speaking of teams, we have a third co-host. Like I said earlier, our ten-year-old.
1: Oh yeah. So Sandy's going to go get him. Okay.
0: Do it. <clears throat> so while we're waiting for her to get him, what's next for you?
2: Well, next for me is uh, my wife and I are having our first child. Um, it's, it's happening next week. Wow. Um, yeah. So it's, it's crazy. His due That's date is two weeks from now, but he's, he's a big old boy. So he's, I think he's coming early. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so then we will enjoy him. We've set up our life in such a way where she's got some maternity leave. Uh, she's in, she's in television production, television and live oh, event right. production now. And so we just took no gigs for a month or two and we're just going to enjoy uh, enjoy him as much as we can and then we will come back there he is what's up Jimmy is going to get hockey, so what's your favorite food what is my favorite food that's a great question man um I'm ooh <laughs> can I give you two okay yeah uh, I I will eat pizza all day long and, mm-hmm. and and I know people are gonna balk at some of this pepperoni and pineapple is my jam and I love some pineapple. I love some Cajun spice on there, some chipotle. Yeah. Um, I love that. Um, and I also will eat jelly bellies until I am sick to my stomach. <laughs> any flavor, well, except for black licorice, um, but uh, almost anything. Jelly bellies, I'll just chomp, 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 chomp. What about you? Bud? What's your favorite? My favorite is pizza. Yeah, there we go. We're on the level. <laughs> Love it.
0: And he does love the pepperoni and um and uh, pineapple. pineapple and stuff because he's, he, he, you know, so many people asked, Do you like pineapple on? And he was like, I never tried it, never tried it. And finally, one day, yeah. he was like, Okay, let's give it to him. And he loved it,
2: dude. Sweet and spicy. I mean, you can't feed <laughs> it, it's all of the mouth, you know. That's yeah, it. mm-hmm.
3: really cool. Okay, so what's a favorite TV show and movie?
2: Oh, okay. Um, so my favorite TV show. Ooh, it's it's a toss-up between Westworld, which I really got into, episodic um, on HBO, and um, and Ted Lasso is pretty freaking good, man. I know it's it's not just a buzzword; like it's such a good show. Um, it, he's he's kind of the hero that we need right now. Um, so I appreciate that. And movie, um, I want to give you two again. I just can't pick one. Um, <laughs> Fight Club. I I grew up watching David Fincher films, and he the way he captured that book, um, it really got me out of Chuck Palahniuk as well. As an author, Fight Club, loved it. And uh, a little bit younger, a little bit cooler, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Wow, um, gotta be the Last Crusade. Sean Connery <laughs> does phenomenally. There's so much action. It's so many quippy jokes. It's, it's the perfect film. It's got everything. So that, I'm going to have to go with that.
0: Because what's yours? Mine, my favorite TV show Splum and my favorite movie is Dominions.
3: Oh, right on. That's super cool.
0: Yeah, he it's funny, you know. We've been, because we bring on not just artists, but actors and actresses too on the show. He has um a lot of this Nickelodeon and Disney shows that we've been able to bring on people he's fans of on That's show.
2: super awesome, man. I love that. That's <laughs> super cool.
0: Bye, thanks. Hey Siva,
2: thank you for your questions. <clears throat>
0: Yeah. Again, like I said, you know, they might not remember us, but they'll remember
2: him. Absolutely. (laughs) He's,
0: uh, he's our secret sauce. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, we all need him. We all need him. You know, granted, most people do remember us, but when they, if they don't, they will for sure remember him. They'll remember
1: Chris. At least remember
0: the family show because nobody, how many people can say they've been
2: interviewed by a 10 year old? Yeah. Yeah. I and love he's been it, man. doing
1: it since he was eight.
2: You know? Yeah, he was eight when he first started. Yeah. <laughs> Super cool. Well, I love it. And getting some industry experience there, too. I, I there see you that. go. Yeah. <laughs> so um, if you could co-write
0: with any artist, dead or alive, who would it be? Mm.
2: And you can say a couple if you want. Oh, yeah. Yeah, thank you, because you know I can't pick just one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. I mean, I'd be, I would be really interested... To just be in the room and figure out what Merle Haggard's process was. Ooh, oh, that's
1: a great one. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
2: Just to just to be in and around it, you know, at that particular time. If I got to go backwards, I don't need yeah. him out yeah. here. He'd, he'd, I'm afraid he'd be real upset with what we've done to it. But <laughs> <laughs> but going back there would be really cool. Um, John Mayer. John oh, Mayer is a. Uh,
3: mm-hmm.
2: I don't know, for my generation specifically, like he just has a prowess. Um, part of me doesn't want to see behind that curtain. I just <laughs> I just, I just want to like appreciate him from afar. Yeah, because um, yeah, you
0: me. might see what you don't like, and are like, then or, you just destroy, it. <laughs> or the <laughs> other way,
2: not yeah. even that, or like I find out that I've been doing it wrong this whole time. Like, I don't. Oh well, yeah, right yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah,
3: yeah. he's
0: because he's the master of that
2: he he is he turn a phrase man nobody nobody does it like like he does um except maybe with and again chris caraba from dashboard confessional like uh um he's he's a master of taking a moment and like hitting the specifics in it that they aren't your specifics but you imagine it you imagine that it is um Mm -hmm. and i think that's just a skill set so I think yeah. If we're talking pure writers, I think those are those are the three cuz both I know that all three of them were they were what they were. There were no not a lot of co-writing involved just just mm-hmm. the
0: Now thing. this question would probably have a thousand answers. Just think of first one or two things that come to mind. You know, I usually ask for one, but you can do a couple cuz I know that you're going to go there anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but what's a song or two that you've heard that you wish you wrote?
2: Okay. Uh the first one, hands down the good stuff, uh wow. Chesney put out. Oh, I love
1: that one. Yeah. that dude
2: picks good songs, and
1: mm-hmm. there is
2: not a wasted line in that entire song. Yeah. It's so so good. Um John Mayer's three by five um is just mm-hmm. it's stupid to talk <laughs> about to talk to somebody that like you're sending them photos. Hmm. Um, because you want them to be there and then deciding that you're not going to do that anymore, that they have to be with you. And I don't know, there's, that's what a cool, I love things that come at you sideways like that. Yeah. Yeah. Just those really thought. Well, and, and the river. I remember where I was when I, I was, I was at a boy scout camp when I heard, (laughs) uh, for the first time. Dream is like a river, ever changing as it flows, and the dreamer's just a vessel that must follow mm. where it goes. Yeah, trying to learn from what's behind you, never knowing what's in store, it makes each day a constant battle just to stay between the shores. And it was like I was, you know, I was 11 years old, and like wow. suddenly realizing that, like, oh, like even adults don't have it together. I think it was one of my, <laughs> first, like, you know, first like realizations. Um. That maybe I didn't. Maybe there's more to all of this. Uh, you, you know, mm-hmm.
0: speaking of when you were eleven, um, I've got a good story of little Chris. With you know, he was nine. It was last, our yeah, very was first last time year. visiting Nashville last mm-hmm. year. We went four times last year. That's how much we end up loving it. Yeah. But, but very first time back last April. First
1: time any of us have been. We've never we been there. there. None of us had ever been. So like it's that
0: evening. Year. We're walking down um, almost to Broadway. And we get in front of Honky Tonk Central. <laughs> and what, one of the drummers in there seen little Chris.
1: So I'm listening to the music intently because he loves
0: music.
3: Sure, and sure, sure, and sure.
0: hands the drumstick to someone and says, go get this, that little boy out there. So he gives him the drumstick. So we thought that was like the coolest like, oh, thing. Cool but but we then we had no idea what was about to happen. So we walk across the street and we're now listening to, to the person that was on stage for Dirk Bentley Road. Sure, yeah, she, yeah, and and he's again, he's into him. it. He's like shaking the drumstick because yeah, now he's like, got a drumstick. drumstick. Huh. And, That's and the woman singer, she, she sees him. She jumps down and asks, would he like to play a song on the drums with them? Since he had a drumstick with them. And it happened to be the summer of '69 song. Nice. Oh, yes. So she pulls Classic him through burpers, the window, literally up on the stage. The he's window. never had touch drums before, oh,
3: and, yes.
0: it, and so he gets so man. here it is. He gets on stage, that never knowing what he's doing, and he just fell in love with it.
2: Oh, that's yeah. so cool, man! I. I love that the hospitality in Nashville is doing that. That that that, mm-hmm. that those dream makers and everybody who's in those positions is 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 aware. I I, I love stories like that. That's really special.
1: Yes, it made us realize what a great place Nashville is. We're Yeah, man. Is. Well,
2: every, everybody hears from somewhere else, but I think <laughs> we were all drawn by the same passion, the same want, mm-hmm. the same desires, and and that can be a tie that binds. Exactly. Absolutely.
1: So what are some sources of inspiration for you?
2: That's a great question. Um, I don't read a lot, but when I do, there's this, this is going to be so weird. I'm such a weird <laughs> dude. Um, <laughs> uh, there's a Japanese author is, is Haruki Murakami. And there's something about the way that he writes that's so it's both grounded and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm dreamy slash metaphysical like he has this he has this way about him that he can his entire book sets these beautiful scenes that are almost unreal but you're there Mm -hmm. but but his focus is on the inner monologue of the characters that are going in so you're learning about life in these other various ways And, and it's always so inspiring to me whenever I write Mm -hmm. free verse or something, I usually, it it ends up in a, in a, in a style similar to his, um, um, musically right now, I'm really inspired by this guy. Uh, his name is Patrick Droney and he's, um, he's, he's a young kid, um, very in the John Mayer situation, Mm -hmm. but, uh, um, But with a little more emotional vocal delivery, and just as good a guitar player, and also a very Mm -hmm. clever writer, and um, he's getting a lot of attention right now. And I and I, in the industry, one of the things you have to guard yourself against is hardening your heart against people that are also you. It's really easy to do because it's so competitive because there are only so many slots. but when you see somebody get held aloft that you're like, yes, 100% they deserve everything that they've gotten. And I think he's just one of those guys. Um, a, he's a fantastic player um, and uh, and a good human. Besides, I just appreciate what he does, what he puts into the world. Um, oh, my, my friend God. and co-writer Melissa uh, tours with him and writes with him exactly. as well, as, as she does write with me. And, and that was kind of the connection that got me in through Oh well. Wow. Oh yeah. I'm inspired by that. Um, what else am I inspired by? <laughs> just, just good, good stories of real humans doing things, not because they think it's going to do anything for them. I think that's mm-hmm. the inspiring stuff because it's, oh yeah, because it's real. You know, like on the upworthy and that kind of thing, where they yeah. just mm-hmm. like, pl- pluck those stories out of obscurity and say this is worth paying attention to just cause it's pure and it's good and it's right. I think I'm inspired by that. kind
1: of stuff. Awesome. And what would you like for your legacy to be in the music industry? What would you like to be known and remembered for?
2: Mm, great question, Sandy. Thank you. Um, I, I want to be a helper. And, and I, and I think that's to industry insiders, young artists coming up, um, co-writers, Um, even the folks that are building the industry themselves or, or some (laughs) cog in the machine work or the people that are listening, like, did I do something for them that helped that they heard it and they heard themselves or they heard a reference to something or they heard advice or they heard wisdom or they heard a snippet of something where they go, like it helped it either helped them understand a friend or a family member, or maybe even yeah. themselves better. Like that's, that's a, that's, that's worthwhile to me. I think that's worth fighting for That's worth the sacrifices and spending the money and like, you know, trying to, trying to be a helper. Um, Love that.
0: So as you look down the road, what do you hope you don't forget? Hmm.
2: I hope I don't forget that we're all just like walking miracles oh. like we're we're just we were two cells that got together and through against all odds. And given our <laughs> given our particular uh, pregnancy difficulties in the way of like welcoming our son into the world, mm-hmm. um, it's all a miracle every single one of us is yeah, she
0: had cancer when she was 19 and wasn't supposed to ever have kids and here it is years later we,
2: we got two yeah. <laughs> congratulations yeah. yeah i and I, I think it's not just the resilience of like genetics or organic material there is there's a to me there's a spirit behind all of this that is, mm-hmm. is it is miracles abound if we mm-hmm. know how to look at it i think and i yeah. think for me it just but every single person is one no matter how many walls or buildings we put on its place or personality traits that we've put to mask this fact is that mm-hmm. like it's a freaking miracle that any of us are here and there's there is beauty on rainy days and there's beauty on sunny days and there's yeah. so much of the world to see that is outside of our control care or understanding and that just excites me from day to day i hope i don't forget that this is a a wonder filled life that we get to live and however it is that we can take it in and share it with others and, and help them see that, that including myself, you know, (laughs) I want to forget that.
0: I I love that. So as we come to a close here, if somebody was felt called or, you know, or they just knew that they had a passion for music, what advice would you give who wanted to do what you do?
2: Buckle in, (laughs) it was <laughs> um, my first it's a piece of advice that I heard and I hated, and I never uh, thought, but I'm now going to reiterate um if you can imagine yourself doing anything else, anything go do that do mm-hmm. that. do it because this is gonna ask everything of you yeah and and if you don't have a support, if you don't have the chutzpah or the support group to survive this um. I promise you're just going to be happier doing anything else. You're just yep. be happier. It's hard, and it's hard in ways that I don't even know how to describe to somebody until they get there. <laughs> and, and so, if I can prevent them from knowing what that looks and feels like, I would like to do
0: that. Like I remember back in 2014, we ran a of oh, site yes. called New Country Buzz, and we interviewed a few people. We, we it wasn't like a show; it was like I'd interview them and then I would yeah. transcribe it. And transcribe I hated that side of it. But, <laughs> And that's why we shut it down back yeah, then because it was just was so hard. much. But I interviewed Allison Steele from Two Still Girls. And and when I got to the vice, that was her thing. She says, um, if you can see yourself doing anything else, keep this as a hobby and go do that. She goes, yeah. if you can be happy doing something else then go do that and just keep this happy. She goes, but if you can't see yourself doing anything else, if you know you will not be happy unless you're doing this, then whatever you do, you go all in. Because if you don't go all in, you're going to be miserable.
2: A hundred percent. And I, I, will, I will borrow from Jim Carrey. He gave a commencement speech or an acceptance speech once, and, and he talked about his motivation being mm-hmm. himself and deciding to go after this. And it was that his dad – was a comedian and took the safe route and became a banker, mm-hmm. raise oh, his family and do oh, his wow. kids. And then his dad lost his job as a banker. And as a family, he was, you know, he was living, they were living in their car, you know, as a, uh, you know, as a, as a family. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and he said it was at that point that he realized, um, you can fail at the thing that you don't want.
0: Yeah. and
2: yeah. And that's, that's an important moniker as well. Like even your safe route maybe isn't as safe as you think it is. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially in
0: this day and time.
2: Is is there any reason not to try to do the thing that you absolutely don't mind getting up and doing every day, regardless of whether it's hard or good. That's Mm -hmm. probably the right path. I think.
0: Love that. Love Mm -hmm. that. So as we close out here, tell everybody how they can find you.
2: Um, Kenny Foster Music on both Instagram and the TikToks. Um, yeah. foster official on, um, Facebook and YouTube. And, uh, when I tweet, I tweet under the moniker, Kenny is go, because, <laughs> you don't stop. Okay. So, um, please come say hello. Uh, would love to interact with and, and share as much as I can, because again, I, all I want to do is help. So.
3: Awesome.
0: Love that. You know, we really enjoyed having you on the show we today did. and we look forward to having you back down the road.
2: Thanks, man. I, I really look forward to it and all the best to you guys and your show as well. All right. oh, thanks so
1: much day. for your time today. Of course, Bye. Jesus.